Single Muslim Female is a space that navigates what it means to be single Muslim female and fabulous. This is a space created from a need for this category to speak up, be heard, and normalize the stigma that you can be happily single Muslim and female well into your 30s, 40s, and whatever age you are blessed with. Our mission is to share all the experiences in the SMF, single Muslim female, spectrum from hilarious to the absolutely horrifying through conversation and coffee. So join me, Saira, and Mediam every week as we take a fun approach to what it means to be empowered in whatever space you end up in. Today we are speaking with Sumaya Tufail, um, an international relations student, poet, and author of Sumi Speaks, a visual poetry book, and a young woman who is living in Vancouver, Canada. Thank you so much time, so much, Samaya, for taking time out of your very busy schedule and joining me today on our Single Muslim Female podcast. And oh, just as a side note, you are our first guest for 2021. Wow, thank you so much. I'm so honored to be on this amazing podcast. So excited to have you on. Um, Samaya, did I miss anything out in the introduction or anything you want to add? Um, I know that you are also doing um, something with an events management. Oh yeah, so I'm collaborating with a really good friend in uh, Kenya, where my family's from, where we're from, and we're starting a, uh, an events business that is to really just bring the community together and make a positive impact there. I'm, I've been doing charity work in Kenya uh, for the past year and a half and I stopped. It was a small organization um, where I was helping vulnerable populations and now I shifted into this with my work there and just keeping connected to my roots. Fantastic. Um, you are so multidimensional and involved in so many things, um, including, to, including your own writing uh, mm -hmm. on your blog page, which is sumayatufailwrites.wordpress.com. And we will encourage all our listeners to check your blog up, which we'll post on our IG page as well. So where do I start? I mean, there's just so much to talk about. Your work is steeped in social and gender issues and the mm -hmm. intersectionality at which all of us women stand. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I, and I feel like it's just so phenomenal that you're so young and that you have made these leaps and bounds with your heart and your mind. That's how I see it. Mm -hmm. um, so let me tell you, we, Mariam and I, who, who, is, who is my friend and we work on this podcast together, um, we, one of the things we really liked was your post- December 7th, IG post, which said, she's not competing with you, boo. You're just threatened <laughs> by her. Okay. Um, yeah. A woman wanting to want her own life financially, intellectually, and independently is what threatens male supremacy. Can you tell us a little bit about the background about this post? Because I know Mariam and I have talked about this exact issue on a, on a previous podcast. Yeah. So this was inspired by like most of my posts, personal experience, mm -hmm. um, I was sitting down with someone potentially for, for marriage. Okay. And 
we started to discuss our career goals. And I remember once I started to talk about my personal career goals and there was this discomfort that he expressed. And um, he asked me like, you know, why, like, what does it mean to you to, to have a job? And <laughs> I was just really shocked. I was really shocked. And in my head, I'm like, well, what, why do you have a job? Right. So it just really disturbed me that um, this person was just uncomfortable in a woman that, you know, he was showing interest in that wanted to have her own career and like have her own things and not want to just live to, I guess, uh, be that wife that just supports her husband and stays home and all that. Um, but I could just, the energy, it's not just the words that were said, but it was the energy in that meeting that was, it just like threw me off. Um, and I just felt this vibe. I, it's not only him, but I felt this vibe with a lot of different men. Um, just, you know, having to want your own life, your own career and not show that you're, you know, kind of needy for a man. It's, it's makes them very, some men very uncomfortable. And I think it's very threatening for them and no one is trying to compete. Like I'm not trying to compete with them. It's like, it's a competition, but I, we're not the ones creating the competition. They are the ones. And there's a lot of projection. I've even had someone say like, Oh, like you're trying to compete with men. I'm like, honestly, I'm just trying to live my life. So I don't know where this came from. Wow. Wow. And the reason I'm saying wow like this is because I'm just thinking, of my own experiences and I mean it is it just doesn't seem to to change like I have often said that to my parents that I feel I feel like men are just intimidated by me because I know what I want and I don't need them I am financially alhamdulillah alhamdulillah I am financially independent I have my you know life in order and I don't know like they're not looking it seems like this male dominance attitude is that a mm -hmm. thing it just and like you said they just kind of project it on you and then they try to make you feel and like in my opinion they try to make you feel like there's something wrong with you yeah exactly like why do you want a job I'm like huh is that something wrong <laughs> wanting to have a job right right yeah. I, i'm just kind of i think i'm really disappointed because i thought like you know the younger generation might be a little bit more open-minded or i know i i would think that too but i feel like uh, personally i feel like the issues within our community specifically the muslim community like we have some deep-rooted intergenerational issues and trauma and our men they they need help i that's we need help too but i think there, there's some really deeply rooted issues there even though they were born here and all that, but yeah. um, this upbringing and everything that actually affects somebody, I think more than just mm. being from Canada or America. Mm, mm. And I think it's really important that you said that, that these are men who are born and raised here. And that is the kind of an attitude that they are, you know, holding close and dear to their hearts. It's, it is, it's disappointing. Yeah. 
to um, your blog, which mm -hmm. is so fabulous. Thank you. Your, specifically your post war of the sexes. Um, oh, yeah. and, and you said that's social and gender issues that are mm -hmm. embedded in every single society. And I love how you went beyond just identifying this problem by recognizing that healing needs to take place. And you, you kind yeah. of just alluded to that. And so I would love it if you could talk a little bit more about that healing yeah. that needs to take place. Yeah, so this post um, was very personal. Like I said, most of my posts come from personal experiences and what I've seen in my life, uh, what I've witnessed when it came to um, gender relations. And it affects so many people. It affects me, it affects my family members, it affects my friends. And I think that this is a serious problem. Like the need for healing is is not emphasized enough. Mm -hmm. and I wrote it in a story form because I think it's important that we understand the complexity and the layers of our gender issues within our communities and the roots of it and like where it comes from. It's much deeper. Um, I also find in this problem and this polarization when we start both on both ends start dehumanizing the other gender because we don't really understand where this behavior, where the behaviors are coming from, um, right? It's easy to to say, you know, there's horrible people, or you know, he's he's trash and whatever, or um, you know, she something's wrong with her. Like it's easy to say those things, mm -hmm. but then we have to understand that we there's a reason why, and these problems won't go away within gender relations unless we address them. And we get to the root of them, but it takes obviously both genders to understand their roles in their place and healing is everyone's personal responsibility. So mm -hmm. I, that's why I wanted to highlight within this story and yeah. emphasize. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the, that's the magic that happens when, when you write about it this way, because you're not just saying, okay, here's a problem. Men are garbage, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so as women, how can we, not necessarily like protect ourselves, but what can we do to maybe arm ourselves so that when we are dealing with situations where we're working or, or dealing with individuals who have not dealt with their own trauma, who are not in touch with their own healing, what can we as women, in your opinion, like what can we do? Yes. So that's a great question and this is something I personally have been reflecting on and have been personally working on. I think that number one, focus on your own healing because I find that most of us from certain cultures, especially um, being women, uh, we, we struggle with overgiving, overserving, um, and when we don't heal this issue, we can call it codependency if you like, when we don't heal this issue and we do come into contact with um, these types of people that are have not done their healing, we can easily fall into this kind of cycle, toxic cycle, uh, parasitic relationships, um, you know, trauma bonds. It can even be in non-romantic relationships too. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's very important when you do your own self-healing, you go to therapy, 
you work on yourself, you learn about healthy boundaries, it, it will become very easy to protect yourself, to be able to handle those types of people, not get triggered, not fall into trauma bonds. Yeah. So I think recognizing that we need to take care of ourselves, wouldn't you say that that's maybe something that we as women need to either learn or do we get taught this? Like, how do we get there? How do we get to that point where we, we draw boundaries with family and friends and, and co coworkers or, or, or yeah. fellow students? Like, how do we draw boundaries? I think it starts with self-awareness. So you first have to know that you have this issue. If you don't accept that you have this issue and you think, you know, I'm just a nice person mm -hmm. and you'll never be able to get to that point. Like you have to accept that you have an issue with boundaries. You have maybe a tendency to codependent relationships and you have to honestly, I personally am a big promoter of seeking help. Um, you know, going to counselors, going to psychologists, therapists, joining programs like journaling, journaling these issues out, reading books about you know, these specific issues that you have, whether that is boundaries, um, self-esteem, relationships, codependency, like self-awareness is huge and actually getting the guidance. So someone who can help guide you, because how can you help yourself when you're the one who has the issue and you don't know how to deal with it, yeah, right? You need a coach. You need someone who is a professional in setting boundaries, who knows how, is like very successful emotionally to guide you and mentor you. And that's what a therapist is. Yeah, yeah. And then I think we need to work around sort of the stigma oh, of, yeah. of stepping out and getting help from, you know, a professional. And there is a lot of, there is still, it's 2021, but there is still so much stigma involved with that. And that in itself is like a whole other topic for oh, discussion, yeah. right? But I think I really like that self-awareness. If you could think of one question that you would ask a friend or a relative, a, a female friend or female relative, who you could see is struggling what would, what would be one question you would ask her to sort of get her to think about how she can raise her own self-awareness or at least look at it closely? I would ask her, when was the last time you've done something for yourself? Wow. Yeah. So simple, right? But so powerful. Yeah. <laughs> kept talking about how important it was to be true to yourself and make sure you're making great choices just for yourself let's keep listening because ultimately it's self-betrayal 
It is. Yeah. Like you're betraying yourself and you make it, um, or, you know, it's easy to make it seem like, and it's because of how we're raised that, no, I'm just a very empathetic, nice person for me. Like, no, like take your power back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you being nice to yourself? Are mm-hmm. you you're literally, you're betraying yourself. And the first person that you need to honor is yourself and honor your own soul. It's a, that's even in our faith. That's right. That's right. It is. Um, And that brings me to how you even closed this particular blog post, War of the Sexes. You closed it off so beautifully by writing that God responds to us when we call upon him. And that is a a verse taken directly from the Holy Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 186. And I think, you know, it is one of my personal favorite um, verses because it is absolutely true and I think sometimes when we are struggling internally and even with our external relationships Mm -hmm. we do call upon God like please God don't let me say anything like that's going to get me into trouble right now Mm -hmm. for example like I know that's something that I have to ask for me too Mm -hmm. I get in trouble a lot with my tongue yep yep (laughs) And, and, I, and sometimes it comes because we maybe are drawing those boundaries, right? We, mm-hmm. are, we are not letting people dance on our faces. That's my favorite phrase. That oh, I, I love that. That's a new one. <laughs> like, you cannot let people dance on your face because you think you're a nice person. Like, it, it, it just it, yeah. you can't. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So having documented your journey of self-realization so far, what advice would you like to share with everyone who's listening? Because we believe this journey never ends and it's so important to know and value who you are. Okay. Right. So what do you say to other women to encourage them to listen to those questions that they have inside their hearts and not be afraid to pursue the answers. I mean, I think you describe it in one of your posts as pushing against the current. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier where you said, you know, when was the last time you did something nice for yourself? But how would you even pull it out even more to get women to really, you know, listen to the questions in their hearts and, and not be afraid to go after the answers because it's so easy and we see it we see it all the time where they're afraid and they they just like just leave it alone like i i I just don't want to deal with it Mm -hmm. yeah i think that is something i've been working on clearly for quite a long time and i think what's really important is to understand that you're not alone Mm. in this and know that your experience is not isolated. There are so many women, clearly, that are going through the same thing. And I think when you feel like you're alone, it just makes it more difficult to push against the current because you feel powerless. And the powerlessness is is very depleting. Um, but I think it's, you know, understanding you're not alone, connecting back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that Allah is the higher power, right? The source for us, for strength, for hope, 
and we are not supposed to give up hope um, to call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and just do it for yourself do it for the sake of Allah because Allah loves us right yes. um, and we need to really believe that and affirm that and start with self-affirmations I know a lot of women um, when they don't want to feel alone they go to podcasts like these maybe someone is listening to this that is, is seeking this um, information and wanting not to feel alone and get reminders or I know a lot of women that watch YouTube videos of women that have similar stories I encourage that too to like and I see that really often women looking at women who have been experienced this 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 and they want to hear they want to know and see that oh I'm not crazy like this is not just me yeah so on a human level that social level is very very important because Allah didn't create us isolated we're, we're created as social beings um, so embrace that social, you know, aspect of our humanness. Connection is so important. Isolation is very dangerous. Um, and th that's a whole other topic, but that, you know, that could, we could talk about that for another hour. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But also the, the main source, which is our creator. Yeah. And um, going back to our creator is the most empowering thing. You could do for yourself to really push you and help you push you push against that current which could be representing anything maybe that current is the social pressure maybe it's family members maybe it's your spouse um but yeah that's what i have to say about that when you describe how you were asked what does loving yourself look like and I felt when I was reading that, like I literally felt my stomach and my throat like get so constricted Whoa. because I feel like that is such a deep, dark place to go when you do feel like you are standing on the outer edges of your life all the time. Mm -hmm. So can you describe for us how you have kicked fear out of your life or you're currently working on kicking fear out of your life? Can, would you be able to describe that? Yeah. Part? Yeah. So that yeah that blog post was during a time a very dark time when i was doing uh, emdr therapy it's a specific type of uh, therapy okay. um and this type of therapy helps you process trauma that's stuck so if you have any form of like ptsd where it's literally stuck in your brain like it's not moving forward it's not processing which it's supposed to be doing that's why you still get reminders and flashbacks so it is a very deep type of therapy and it is very scary as you if you read on my blog i had the images and things that have come up mm -hmm. so it takes you it takes you to those very dark places and when you're doing it the therapist asks you these prompting questions like the one you read what does loving yourself look like mm -hmm. um and at that time i was in a very confusing relationship with fear mm. um because fear was always protecting me as a child living in dysfunction home, dysfunctional home. So fear kept me out of trouble, right? Um, but at the same time, I, I was at this point where I was like, is it holding me back though? Mm -hmm. And I felt like it was kind of holding me back and controlling me. Um, so it was a very confusing time. And I realized that sometimes fear is healthy right it's just that when it gets extreme that's when it becomes unhealthy 
because fear does protect you, right? Just from a primal level, when you see a, a dangerous animal, you run away or yeah. um, you feel pain because your, your nerves are telling you that the fire is about to like damage your, your skin. So it is healthy. Like it's, it's a health, there's a healthy level of fear that does protect you in your life. Um, and it makes you conscious, conscious of things. And so that you're, you know, there's that self-awareness is that protection, but then when it gets too far and you allow it to take over your life, that's when you get, you know, anxiety. That's when you, um, get maybe OCD, like, uh, thoughts, like obsessive thoughts, um, paranoia. That's when it becomes really extreme. So it's really, um, finding that balance and understanding. So for me, um, I had to really connect with myself and also identify which thoughts were my intuition and which were fear. Uh -huh. So when you get those mixed up, that's when you, that's when fear can definitely take over. Um, that takes a lot of self work and healing from that dark place. So you have to get out of that dark place so you can clearly see what is your gut and like, what is actually fear? What are some things like how on a daily basis can each of us really simply, what, what would you say? to reduce anxiety because I do believe like too much fear too much anxiety creates confusion and when you get into confusion you get into mm -hmm. chaos oh yeah right and to just like okay for myself I know every day some things that I do to sort of mitigate um, fear and anxiety what is like maybe one or two really simple things that you have learned you know in this process that you that work for you and that maybe will, will work for someone else yeah i do struggle during covid i do struggle with anxiety mm. um especially when there's a let's say you have your in like it's a pandemic on top of that you have other issues to do with your family or whatever mm -hmm. so a lot of people are going through that right um, mm -hmm. there's issues in the home there's issues like everyone has their problems on top of a pandemic with just it kind of inflames uh, them yeah uh, so we're seeing a lot of people's mental health uh, become worse people that never had mental health issues start getting mental health issues because yeah. of this pandemic so for me personally um based on what my therapist has advised me she always asked me like what do you what do you already do that you enjoy and mm. and for me it was like a skincare like taking care of myself when it comes to like beauty, I, I don't know, it just help, it helps me a lot, like making sure I have it I'm on top of my skincare routine, like masks, mm -hmm. um, those simple little things actually do make a difference because mm -hmm. it's easy to start letting yourself go. And that is a bad sign when you don't take care of yourself. No. And this is a reflection of like, there's something, there's, there's an issue, you know, you're abandoning yourself again, you know? So for me, it was that, um, what's really important too for me was to keep, physically active which I struggle with during COVID it's so hard because there's no motivation but this is what I was recommended to do so I had to really push myself to do like I love dancing so just blast some music and dance on my own mm -hmm. I know some people have done and I was trying to set this up like Skype dance parties with their friends oh I love that yeah, yeah. dress up as I don't know for me personally I don't know if this is like for women but just Doing your makeup mm -hmm. at home, just it, it actually makes a difference when you're stuck, mm -hmm. when you 
because you're doing your makeup like dressing up it, mm -hmm. it helps it really helps <laughs> no it absolutely does and i love 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 the simplicity of what you have said like it just comes from your comes from like your inner being where you're like find the things yeah. that you enjoy like i love yeah. it and i am doing that from time to time maybe today's not a good example but I will like put on my normal clothes and yeah because I've got a closet full of really nice stuff and <laughs> I'm not wearing any of it at the moment so yeah I mean that you're so right you're so right it it's just that simple stuff do those things that make you feel good inside exactly and I think I don't know what it is but you know your point about having like your nice clothes mm. yeah like it it actually bugs me that I can't wear that and mm -hmm. do not get negative on yourself and be like oh that's so shallow like no like that's who not. you are that's what makes you happy yeah like, after going shallow. out that's embrace <laughs> that and appreciate that about yourself yeah. and do that like why beating yourself up for that and, absolutely yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I love that and I hope if anybody take anything away from what the lovely Sumaya Tufail has said today is that it's that take time for yourself and and do the things that you enjoy and that make you happy I, I really love that you got the love 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 My final question for you is what is next for Sumaya to fail? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I did, like I mentioned earlier, I, I'm partnering with a really close friend in Kenya with our events business. So that is something I'm doing on the side. I do have a much bigger project than that. That is something that I'm doing completely on my own, which I don't want to give any spoilers. Okay. Um, we'll just so have to stay tuned. <laughs> I we'll just have to follow you and on yeah. social media and stay tuned for, for what you are going to um, reveal for us. Yeah, so stay tuned and follow me. You'll see what is next. I'm very excited about it. It's a okay. big, it's a new, like something I've never done before, so. Amazing, amazing. Um, <laughs> It has been such a pleasure to speak with you and thank you so much for taking this time. I have really, really, really enjoyed this conversation. Me too. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so, so welcome. Um, for our listeners, you can read Sumaya's blog at sumayatofailwrites.wordpress.com or you can visit her IG page at sumayatofail and her IG page at SAA Events, the events planning business that she is starting um, up with her good friend in Kenya. Um, as always, we will link everything for you on our IG page. And in the meantime, stay fabulous. Happy singleness, happy marriedness, happy humanness. Have a great day. Goodbye. If you enjoyed this episode of Single Muslim Female, be sure to subscribe so that you are notified when a new episode is posted. 
rate, and share this podcast with your friends. You can listen to us on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Radio Public, and Spotify. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope that you are leaving with humor and the knowledge that you are amazing. Until next time.